Hey, it's Jordan, the Millionaire Millennial, and in this episode, I sit down with Jordan Belfort, the infamous Wolf of Wall Street. We talk mostly about his thoughts on cryptocurrency and how he believes it's a massive con and will eventually all come crashing down. Enjoy. All right, so you know, one of one of my personal favorite books is Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, right? And honestly, I see a lot of comparisons between the two in your book. So did you write this with the intention of this kind of being the next Think and Grow Rich for like future generations? Yeah, I, I did in fact. It's interesting you say that because I, I did. I actually, when I wrote my book proposal, um, hold on one second, buddy. Is that so fucking hot? It's like 100 degrees in LA. Hold on one second. Let's go. Are you uh, are you in New York or California right like, now? Yeah, it's a heat wave. It's like ninety nine degrees. Yeah. Or something. Oh, I understand how you I understand how you feel. Um, well, the question is, when I wrote, it's funny when I wrote my original book proposal, I said I want this to be thinking, grow rich for the next hundred years, um, and I'm a huge fan of the book. But I didn't actually, I never wrote the book with the intention of it sounding like thinking, grow rich. But I'm glad if that's if some of the takeaways you got are like that, then that's a compliment because I think I think Thinking Rich is a, is a, a yeah. foundational book. I for me it was a foundational book in my uh, growth as a business person and just as a human being. So, uh, you know, I think that the goal of this book was to serve as a resource for everybody, not just salespeople, but you know, just, you know, in terms of communication, um, whether you're a parent, whether you're a entrepreneur or pure sales, it didn't matter what you are. You're not an employee looking to expresses value in the workplace so yeah. the goal is to give someone a, a solution for any of those circumstances and that's that's <clears throat> that's how I felt reading it like it was it was almost like a, like a handbook you know it wasn't just you know you I mean you, you told a few stories which was good but it's also like you know here's how the how it works here's the steps so yeah. it was yeah. uh, it was a really yeah. good read thank you well I mean I think that it, I wrote it myself it took me a long time to write because I wanted the book to be uh, not just a dry, boring business book. I think that um, when something's more of a, like has a page-turning quality to it and you want to just keep reading, I think people absorb the information better. For sure. Uh, so that was really, you know, that was, that was another one of my goals. And, all, and also, uh, I just think that I wanted, you know, sort of each chapter to almost stand alone so someone could just pick it up and, like, you know, read a yep. chapter. And each, it's not, you know, so the system, while it is a f full turnkey system end-to-end, each chapter has enough nuggets that you could just read a chapter and get benefits. So. Yep, I agree. Um, so, so you're talking this weekend at the Synergy Global event, right? Yeah. What What are you going to be touching on? Are you going to be talking on? I mean, obviously, probably your straight line selling program and stuff like that. But uh, what are you going to be getting into? Well, in this in, in, a, in a seminar like this, an event like this, where it's very uh, entrepreneur centric, because um, you know disruption is a theme of the, uh, and I think disruption is a very misunderstood word and I think that uh, that you know listen the truth of the matter is is that very few people ever disrupt markets it's a very yeah. rare thing with you know so while it's a goal to have it's not really I, I wouldn't look at it as being like sort of I'm going into business to disrupt the market it's a good word to raise money with but uh, you know in reality it's not really a pragmatic business plan unless you right. have a special idea right um, that being said though it, what, what disruption really is about is more about you know I think we're, we're almost always disrupting a great CEO is almost always trying to disrupt his own business you want to reinvent yourself make yeah. yourself obsolete so I think that the term disruption should be looked more about that way and in terms of a of always looking for that next edge that yeah. that uh, for that separates you from the pack and then occasionally when that when the timing's right you can disrupt the market you know what I'm saying but it's it's not sort of the uh, it's not the short term. Yeah, for sure. It's the long-term outcome that you can like. You can't build a business around disruption because it's just 
too much of a long shot, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, but, rarely is, is a new company going to come up and, and, I mean, you basically have to reinvent the whole market to disrupt it. So, I mean, you have to change entire aspects of something, and, and that's listen, rare. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, it happens, but, you know, it's just not, it's the exception to the rule, yeah. and, and, and money is made by little mini disruptions, or, you know, or, you know augmentation. So, I, you know, and I think that's why disruption is a great theme, though, but it, it needs to be in, in a certain context. So, I'm going to be speaking about the straight line system, but really in a, in a way that's really geared towards entrepreneurs, um, and how do you use that um, um, in a way that it helps you raise money, it helps you recruit people, um, of course, how you use it to close the deal, but in a very, you know, all from a business perspective. Yeah, well, that, well that's good. So what what do you see like the future, as, as we're in the tech revolution, some stuff we're going to be talking about this weekend, a lot of the different speakers, where, where do you see business in Wall Street heading as we continue to... Is it me? I need a pl the plug, I'm out of batteries here. Yeah, sit, sit again. Um, where, where do you see Wall Street and, and big business going, or not necessarily even big business, but just business in general, moving as we continue forward into this electronic age? As things, everything's pretty much on the internet. Well, I think I think that you know a lot of the great businesses out there are still brick and mortar businesses that are using the internet as well. So it's sort of like not like it's not just necessarily one or the other. Like look at the great at the huge companies. You have Amazon is a brick and mortar slash internet company. Apple, brick and mortar slash high tech company. They're all you get it? So I, I think that the the, the the um no this is not this is the wrong one. No, one, one. Yeah. Um I think that the idea is that um you know it's not you need to be proficient with the internet in today's world, right? And you know there are very few businesses that doesn't touch it anyway. But that being said, the same rules apply to running a business. So I think that smart people right now are learning how to perfect both worlds. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's that's what I'm working on too is is doing both. You know, because you can't really do one without the other for sure. Um, so another thing we'll be talking this weekend is cryptocurrency. You know, I've I've heard you know a lot of people on Wall Street have been on Wall Street that have done investing that are investing minded don't really like it. How do you feel about it in general, and do you think it's something that will become mainstream as a legitimate currency in the future, and why or why not? Well, you probably know I'm very anti-Bitcoin. I mean, I've been publicly um, against it. First of all, let me say, number one, I've never bought or sold it. I have no position, so I've heard, like, online, he probably short Bitcoin. I'm not fucking short anything, okay? Um, you know? <laughs> I almost got long Bitcoin once. If someone made me at all, I know I know exactly how Bitcoin works. I know how to mine them. I know the whole thing. I was had a proposal many years back. I'm sure I would have made a ton of money. Where if someone wanted me to fund a couple of hundred thousand to buy the supercomputers to build a Bitcoin farm, blah blah blah. Right? Yeah. I know how the whole thing works with the algorithms and everything and your energy expenditure. Um, here's the problem I have with Bitcoin, and it's not necessarily Bitcoin. All right, I, I think there's a place in the world for cryptocurrency and. There's going to be eventually a successful cryptocurrency that will be mainstream. I don't know if it will replace anything as much as dollars don't replace yen, that don't replace uh, yuan and so forth, right? There's, there's room for more than one currency. Um, the problem that I have right now, which is really dangerous, is all these copycats popping up. Yes. That's a fucking scam. It's like just a total – now, I'm not saying every one is, but the whole notion of it – is completely full of shit. It's nothing more than selling worthless shares 
in a blind pool. Well, you know, back in the 80s and 70s, you had these public offerings that little petty stock firms would do called blind pools, and you'd raise a million bucks for nothing. You just put it, it's called a blind, it would go into a company, and each share had a value because the value was represented, the cash value was represented um, by the money that you raised plus the perceived future benefit based on the expertise of management, so to speak, because they go out and make an acquisition, right? But they were all manipulated, 98% were manipulated. They were just, they were, they were formed to enrich the people who formed them and to do trade them, not to benefit people because the value is going up. And that's my real problem with cryptocurrency. Um, fundamentally, there are some good things about cryptocurrency in terms of what makes a cur the currency um, legitimate, for instance, to think that there's scarcity built in. Now, my big concern with that is that um, that scarcity, well, you know, the, the maximum number of Bitcoins, I think is 21 million or something, and, and um, but, you know, you know, it's all based on energy expenditure and super, what if someone invents a quantum computer, and all of a sudden you can do these calculations and take, now it yep. takes a, and then all of a sudden you can do more. Well, eventually, okay, you'd exhaust the 21 million, but they would be dumped on the market at once. That's not even it, though. That's just part of it, okay? There's so many holes in it where people, like the back with Mount Gox, back when in the early days of Bitcoin, they found a hole and they someone printed 100 million Bitcoins in one day and dumped them on the market, so they didn't patch the hole. In it. So you have all these things. Now, let's look at the reality, though, because it's also counterfeiting in U.S. currency, right? There's And here's the good thing about Bitcoin in one sense is that um, you know, central governments can't keep printing more and more. They print money to deflate, you know, to, which creates inflation, right? So theoretically, there is a, is a supposed cap on it. My problem is with, with Bitcoin, here's the real problem, is that while there is that negative thing about, about central banks printing more, that's how they manage monetary policy and economics. In the absence of the ability to rate, um, print currency and move monetary policy, you're going to have these wild depressions, and it doesn't work economically. The banking system, as flawed as it might be with fiat currency, um, we've done pretty well over the last, you know, we're, at least we're around, okay? Yeah, the crash in 2008 was pretty fucked up and everything, but the point is, is that you have company, countries right now like Greece, and, and in the normal times in a pre-Euro world, what they would have done is they would have essentially devalue their currency to be able to pay their debts off and so forth and to actually stimulate their economy. They're locked in right now because in the euro they can't use monetary policy to manage their economy. So I don't think it ever will have a place in terms of governments using uh, this finite I think that they need to, the banking system wouldn't function like that. And that's why I think Jamie Dimon, one of the reasons why he's so against this, because he's right, you can't, it's not a viable way to manage a system. You know, in the same way that you, they had to go off the gold standard eventually, because you had a finite amount of gold, you could, it just didn't work. They had to, you know, it would have bankrupted the system if you had to stick to gold. Now, the difference between gold and cryptocurrency is that at least gold has gotten value. People actually will wear it and like it. Since the beginning of time, people coveted gold. Thousands of years ago, coveted gold. They bought it. They would wear it. You get it? So this actually is value as a precious metal. This is just a bunch of bullshit. Now, you know, it's nothing. It's, oh, I it's, know. It's, it's, air. it's all, it's all, it's like, you know, it's driven by one simple thing called the greater fool theory. As long as there's a fool greater than me who will buy it at a higher price, then I got a good deal. This is pure, pure speculation right now. Yep. It's like back in 2006, you get your haircut, and your haircut, and you're like, oh, I'm also a mortgage broker. Or I'm flipping real estate. On the everybody became a mortgage broker. Everyone was flipping real estate, and just like everyone now is into Bitcoin. All the it's yep. the end is near. And then it crashes. Now, now I'm not saying that Bitcoin's a fraud itself. 
there's fraudulent activity going on within the, in the economy of Bitcoin because there's a lot of unscrupulous people, not everybody, but there are a lot of unscrupulous people. Uh, I, don't, I don't even mean because it's being used for illegal stuff. That, that's a separate issue, right? But there's a lot of people, um, you have a completely dark market, meaning there's no transparency of what's going on, no regulation. So that literally guarantees, not because cryptocurrency is flawed, because human beings are flawed, it's like human nature. There's there's massive fraud going on right now. If if there was to be the first time in human history that you could have a dark market and it just functioned, but it's bullshit. Not not happening. Um, so so that being said, there's Bitcoin. But there's all these other things that are pop. My problem is that all the other ones that are popping up yeah. right now, which are complete and utter scams, only being devised so the person who invented it was issuing yep. it. It's going to make a ton of money. It's going to be pumping dumps all over the place. Um, it's no different than the latest MLM marketing scam. But let's say, oh, everyone bought Bitcoin. Now let's go into the next one. And people get hurt in a really yeah. massive way. It's a perfect storm between social media and, you know, and, and a crypto. Because it's, you know, internet, internet. It's so, part, so it's spreading around the world. I've been traveling the world doing speaking events. And I'll tell you who's buying this shit. The third world countries. The people, the poor people yep. are being sold bills of goods by getting rich quick. Through things like you know Ethereum or whatever the, the latest one is, and they're gonna get slaughtered. There's gonna be hell to pay. And and the last thing is that the is a sovereign risk because if the United States goes in and makes it illegal, that will be China. Cat, it's done. All right. Yep. If, if US stocks it out, and they very well might, because the fact is Bitcoin is is a security. It really is. It's, it should be deemed a security, um, and it'll be regulated by the SEC. So I, I think the I think there's no future for it. That's my opinion. You know, yeah. could it go high? Yes. I'm not sure because I could go. It could still run for a while, but eventually this thing's going to come crashing down. That's my theory. Yeah, and it's interesting that you you brought up the whole MLM pyramid scheme type thing because because I see a lot of uh, people that are on YouTube and social media all over the place promoting all these different kinds of cryptocurrencies, and I've looked into them, and they're just they're like this, you know, they're just the guy at the top is making all the money. All it is, it's just a complete and utter, it's such an obvious scam. It really that is. The guy who indicted me originally, F the FBI agent who chased me around the world, we're friends, right? He texted me this morning, goes, It's so funny that you came out against bitcoins. He goes, Me too. So we're, we're going to do something together next week. We'll actually do a joint thing where we do it because, you know, he's a good, great guy. I think, you know, we're on the opposite sides of the law for a while, but he's a friend of mine now. And, you know, he says it's the biggest scam ever. Yeah. Biggest scam. It's crazy. I, I, I just don't see how people don't see it and i guess you know you were saying it's the people in the third world countries they don't have money so most people know it's a scam but they say if I, as long as i get on the right side of the right scam, side of the scam. Yeah. that's what's going on they um, if you they, i i would think there's very few people that in their heart of hearts don't think that they're not involved in some sort of you know manipulation right now or 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 uh, or you know irrational exuberance, but they say that's okay. It's still early in the game, and they might be right. It still might be early in the game because there's a lot of people in the world, um, and I'm sure you know if, if someone could run a formula, see how far you are towards. But the bubble is is not that far. It's a bubble, but it could go, it could expand more, yeah, or, sure. or it collapse tomorrow. One bad ruling, something happens. So what what kind of advice would you give to millennials like me and other people my age? Moving forward and in, into you know the the tech boom and everything that's coming up in the next decade or two. Well, I I, I think that the 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 best advice I can give to people your age is that the world is no different today than it was twenty years ago. It's just not. 
Yes, there's the internet, there's technology, but the same rules of business apply. The same mistakes keep getting made in how you run these businesses. Of course, every business, even before high tech, there's always specialized knowledge, whether you're in the headhunting business or the high tech business, or you're in um, you know, the business of, uh, of uh, Whole Foods. There's always this business rules. The rules of the game, the strategies of the game, there's certain things you gotta know, and I suggest that you learn them, which is why I think that the uh, the Synergy Forum is such a great event because, you know, number one, it's one of these rare events where no one is selling anything. It's just a pure educational and networking event. So a lot of the seminars, my problem with a lot of the seminar world is a lot of it is bait and switch where everyone's selling some product. And here it's pure. They've paid their speakers. It's about really successful people who, who are just getting on stage saying, hey, here's how I made my money. Here's my strategies. No one's trying to sell anybody. So I, that, that's an event where you get massive value. And then also one thing people, I think, tend to overlook with these events is the networking opportunity. So you meet so many great people at these events. <clears throat> you know. So you know, personally, I, I'm going to be going through the straight line system in a, in a massive way in terms of business and entrepreneurship. So um, you know, I think everyone's, everyone who buys tickets is going to be, is gonna, it's gonna be a, a couple of days that will really impact people um, in a, in a, in a, really in a massive way, but also in ways they probably don't even expect. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm pretty excited to go. I haven't been, I haven't really been to any large seminars like that yet. So I'm I'm pretty well, excited to see. First one is uh, there's a lot of really bad ones. I mean, there's some that are so terrible that you just go there and it's like a couple of speakers. They'll have like a, a Colin Powell, you know, um, or um, like you know, a famous person, and they're good. And they'll, and they'll give you a nice little speech, and then that they have a bait, and then all of a sudden you have six people come there trying to sell you the latest internet. Sensation, the latest stay-at-home and currency trick. You get it? Yeah. And it's like, and the Colin Powell's. I don't know whoever is doing it. The latest people doing it right now, um, whoever it might be. You know, um, are it's like the honeypot. They they bring yep. people in. This event is the opposite of that. Every no one is selling anything. There is nothing for sale, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's about everyone's getting up there and saying, "Here's how I make money. Here's how you should." Can look, you know, consider looking at business and sales or marketing. Um, so it's going to be awesome. I mean, it really is. You're lucky you go to this event. Yeah, I mean, I saw Paris Hilton's doing the after party on Friday, so that's kind of like the the little bait there. But <laughs> well, I mean, also listen, Richard Branson, I love him. Yeah, and he's huge. I just love the guy. I think he's, he helped me with my business in the beginning. He was a, a good friend to me, instrumental in helping me get started again after I got in trouble. Uh, so he's an awesome guy. Sweet. Um, how did you how did you get the nickname like back when you were on Wall Street? How did you get that nickname, the Wolf of Wall Street? Was it's that not, from Gilligan's Island? Really, Thurston Howell the Third was the Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, it's the, yeah, it's a joke. That's interesting. I, I didn't know that because in the movie it was like from they did an interview and they just called nah, you nah, the nah, Wolf. It's completely false. Yeah, and that, that what? How accurate is the movie to like what actually happened? The, the movie is. In some ways, it's accurate. In some ways, it's not. You know, yeah. the books are accurate. If you read the books, yeah. I mean, uh, the movie. You know, listen, the movie is a fun, wild romp. But there's things about the movie that are just very off. Like, you know, some of the scenes that, like, where, um, like, I'm like, you know, I'm on the phone with an investor, and I'm like saying, "Fuck you, we would never do that." You know, we never tried to lose people money. Who would ever try to lose someone money? Yeah. It yeah. just turned out to be harder to. to now, at the end, it got crazy, but until it was never like it was the concept was not to let's go lose people money. It was yeah. never like. That. Um, but I understand they wanted to like you know quickly portray the insanity of it all, right? Yeah, it's a great movie to watch. But also, I, mean, I think the biggest thing that probably makes it um, 
sort of uh, de- deviates from the truth is that the speech when I give where I'm saying I'm leaving, I gotta go, uh, and I say fuck it, I'm staying. Well, in reality, I left. Oh really? That's, yeah. So that's the biggest departure, I think. Hmm. Interesting. So, so if they, you know, this is like 30 years later, or ish. Um, what would a movie look like about you today? Like, if they filmed a little documentary about your life today, what would that look like? Probably less drugs and hookers, but it would be boring. I mean, we got empowering people speaking in love with one woman. That's <laughs> not boring per se. No, it's listen. It's a wonderful life to live, but you know, not maybe not as, as fun to watch on screen. I guess so. Hey. I guess so. <laughs> have you heard? Uh, have you heard that song called Jordan Belfort? I have. <laughs> it's pretty catchy. It's, it's pretty it's unbelievable. You know, my kid I had two kids in college when it came out. So they're like, really? Dad, you're not gonna believe this. Thing. Oh my like, gosh. Single party everywhere you go. Yes. You know? I remember when it came out, it was just everywhere. It's crazy. Oh man. Uh well you know, I don't honestly have any more questions Great. for you. So good, well, good meeting, I'll see you this weekend. I will see you this weekend, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye.